Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk to my dad, Rob Momel, big Boston Bruins fans with the Jets heading down there on Thursday. Also, we're going to go to the Winter Classic together, so we'll talk about that. Plus, Reed Carruthers on why it just didn't work out with Jason Gunlickson. That's coming up on the podcast. Winnipeg Jets are off to Boston to take on the top team in the National Hockey League, the Boston Bruins. And a man who I know knows the Boston Bruins very well is a man who's also my dad, Rob O'Mell. And he joins us now on the show. Dad, how does it feel to be back on the radio? Hey, it's like old times, Christian. It's not lazy of me to ask for my dad to come on the radio. He knows Boston, okay? It's all good. So, uh, first of all, uh, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, getting ready for this bomb cyclone that's supposed to hit us starting tomorrow night. So we got no snow on the ground right now, but I guess by the time Christmas rolls around, it'll be a white Christmas. So would you rather have that or what we have right now, which is like minus 25? Don't let, I never like minus 25. Okay, so I'll you'll take a foot of snow, over. two feet of yeah, snow. Okay. Day. Okay. So the Boston Bruins this year were... I don't know if they were expected to to be this good. What were your thoughts on the Bruins going into the year? Uh, I expected them to, at best, be kind of what they were last year and, at worst, have a significant falling off because they've had, you know, their their core has been playing really well for, I don't know, almost a decade, right? So... You expect at some point in time somebody's either going to get hurt or they're going to start finally tapering off a little bit, and you go, "Oh, ouch!" So this is definitely unexpected. And not to mention, without McAvoy, without Marshan to start the year, I think there was just a thought of try to survive the first couple of months, right? Yes. Well, especially with Marshan, right? You go, uh, he's kind of a catalyst offensively, anyway. So you think where. Even if he's not scoring points, he's mucking things up in the corner and he's got an impact uh, on the game, whether he's got anything on the score sheet or not. So missing that, you kind of cringe a little bit. And here they are, 31 games into the season. They are 25-4-2. They've scored 123 goals and allowed 69. They've almost doubled up what their opponents have done. How have they done it? I think if you look at it, it's it's kind of like because they don't have they don't have the one true sniper, right? They've got a whole bunch of guys who seemingly can get a timely goal when they need it, and you know I think uh, across the board the fact that they're leading the league in goals against you kind of go that you know shows they've bought into kind of the team philosophy of they're going to be old school Boston Bruins where they take care of the puck. Right, irregardless of their scoring or not, you're not going to get any easy goals on them. And I think that's gone a long way for them to to manage, you know, the success that they're having. Goaltending going into the season, did you think Linus Allmark could be an 18 one and one goalie with a 189 goals against average, 937 save not, percentage? Not in a hundred years. I was still waiting to see if they were going to try to sign somebody. Right, that was kind of my whole off season. What are they going to do about goaltending? But because uh, he's here's hoping he's the real deal. You know, he's you know 29 years old. He's finally getting his his big shot, and it looks like he's uh, making the most of it. 
Now, you mentioned they don't really have a true sniper. Let's not underrate David Pasternak because he's one of the premier scorers in the league as far as I'm concerned. 43 points so far in 31 games. Though, after him, Taylor Hall is your second leading scorer. Yes. Right. Well, now, part of that's the fact that Marshawn missed, you know, I don't know, three weeks or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's played 23 up, games, so. and everyone else, the, the rest of them have played 31. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, he's he's typically a, a point-a-game kind of guy, so he should be, you know, he, he will be up there. Like, they're, they're always going to be Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marshawn, or those are their three guys, and then, they get if they can get their secondary scoring from Hall or uh, you know DeBrusque or Krejci's back. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's back after his time over in Europe. So now he's getting up there in years too. I think he's I don't know he's got twenty some points or something like that. Twenty four. Kind of go. You don't you don't necessarily. I didn't expect that from him either. You kind of think he's going to be a maybe a power play specialist role player more than actually you know, a big time contributor, but they're getting a lot of, a lot of points from a lot of different spots, right? They can roll three lines at you and you got to take them all seriously. And Hampus Lindholm leading the defense in points with uh, 23 in 31 games, four goals, 19 assists. When they acquired him from Anaheim and then immediately signed him to that long-term deal, what was your thought? I wasn't sure that wasn't really a great investment, (laughs) to be honest with you, but again, well, I guess, Time will tell. So, you know, go ahead. Well, it's just with McAvoy out, right? They've, they've needed other guys to step up, and so far they've been getting that. So. so, as a Bruins fan watching them this year, and, you know, living in Ontario, you don't have the NHL package, so you're going to be watching mainly the games where they're facing the Canadian teams. But from what you've seen, have you just been are, – are, are you having to pinch yourself, or is it because it's December you're – trying to temper expectations now? Uh, well, I'm very happy at the progress. Like, you know, you're never going to say, oh, geez, uh, they're first overall. That's so bad. But, you know, my big fear is not that they're number one now. What are they going to be like at the end of April, early May? And can they avoid the injury bug so that when they're going into the playoffs, they're not going to be, you know, the dreaded president's trophy curse kind of thing where you finish finish first and then you're out in the first round. So to me to me, they want to make the playoffs, but they want to have their core guys all healthy and able to play twenty minutes a night going into going into May. It does help them uh, so far to have the record they have. They've played 19 home games. They've only played 12 road games, eight and four on the road, but 17 0 and two in Boston. <laughs> and they're facing the Jets tomorrow night, who are going to be trying to hand the Bruins their first regulation loss. Do you have a scouting report on the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, I have very little knowledge of the will the Jets, other than I think Wheeler's out. Is he not? Yes. So I know they made a big deal of that. Where I don't know if that's ten days ago or whenever he went down, that uh, they're going to be missing him. But other than that, and other than I think Hellebuck's having another good season, so they got strong goaltending. So that's always, you know, and you're always worried about that because you know if you got a top-notch goalie, you can get 40 shots and you might only get a goal on him, right? So that's always a worry, sort of thing. He can always steal a game. 
So you kind of got to make sure that, uh, again, their success is coming from making sure that the other teams aren't getting a lot of goals on them so they can win a 2-1 game or whatever the case may be. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, both teams with first-year head coaches with Rick Bonus here, Jim Montgomery, in Boston, he was the coach of the Stars, and uh, when we were in Dallas a couple of years ago, it wasn't long after he was uh, he was let go of the team when we went to see the 2020 Winter Classic. Right. We're going to go see the 2023 Winter Classic, though, in a couple of weeks. I believe two weeks from yesterday is when the game will be played at Fenway Park. Does it does the success of the team this year add to the anticipation for you to go see this game? Oh, of course it does. In a perfect in a perfect world, we're watching them, and they're I'm not sure how the schedule worked out. Say they're twenty one zero and two or whatever, right? They're still undefeated in regulation, uh, and you're going and watching the Penguins come in and go, ooh, right? Kind of a that would be an instant, you know, aha moment kind of thing if they're still if they're still managed to be unbeaten. Even if they end up losing one, you still you look at their home record and then you're in Fenway and then you're playing the Penguins. It's, it's going to be a memorable game no matter what. Well, and to the, that point, the Penguins, who had some rocky times early in the season, right now they're eighth in the NHL standings. Boston's first. It's not you know every year where the this Winter Classic or the Heritage Classic, whoever's playing in these outdoor games, it's not all that often where you get two of the best teams in the league go, going at it because you don't know when when this this was figured out last year that these teams would be playing in this game, you don't know that they're going to be the best teams, but this is well, going to be great. You look, you look at times when, you know, Buffalo has been involved and Buffalo hasn't necessarily been always a strong team or the Maple Leafs, right? Sometimes, you know, it's only the last couple of years that the Maple Leafs have really been a, a force. So they played in games where you kind of go, oh, great, Toronto Maple Leafs, who wants to go see them play? So, yeah, this is a bonus where you got two top-notch teams, you know, some top-in-the-league players, Bergeron and Mershon and Melkin and Crosby and whatever. So, you know, you've got star power, you've got quality hockey, you're in Fenway. What's not to like? So what is your ideal weather situation for this game? Because in Dallas a couple years ago, it was 12 degrees, I think. We were wearing shorts and no one else was, but we're Canadian. What do you think, yeah. the, what's the ideal condition for this game? <laughs> I can tell you it won't be 12. No, of course not. <laughs> if, if it can be like minus, to me, the nice thing would be if the sun can be out. Mm. Right? Mid-afternoon game, right? Yeah, mid-afternoon, minus two, minus four. I don't particularly want it to be minus 25. And, I, you know, you don't want to, I know, Everybody kind of goes, oh, if it was snowing, that's kind of the classic. But the quality of hockey really takes a hit if they're shoveling the snow off the ice every 15 minutes, right? So I'd rather have a nice, clear day, some sun, uh, not too cold, no wind. And you can kind of, you know, you dress in a couple layers. You're comfortable to watch the game. You're not going to lose feeling in your feet or your fingers or your nose. So that would be perfect for me. How many Bruins jerseys do you have? I know I've got a thousand jerseys. How many do you have? Uh, like two? I think, no, I think I got four. Okay. And I was just, I just got a a notification that the Winter Classic jerseys are all on sale. But uh, I was looking to get a Bergeron, but uh, they didn't have any. So you I, you, you know, like I the Winter Classic jersey? Because I've seen split opinions on them. 
they're not my favorite, but they're a Boston jersey, and I'm going to the game, so I kind of thought. Now I'm hoping maybe when we're there, right, I can snag one because uh, all they had was like I'm. Marshawn's a great player for the Bruins, but I'm not really a big fan of his with all the antics. So I would right. never want to pay top dollar for one of his jerseys. And the rest of them were kind of, eh, you know, Pasternak's a great guy, but he's not a career Bruin. And he's not the captain, right? If I can get, Ber- if I can find a Bergeron, well, he's an all-time Bruin. There. Yes. So that would be, you know, my goal is when we're down there, try to find some place that's got some some on for sale and. Uh, I know I'm going to pay through the nose, but <laughs> so you, know, you only you only go to the Fenway for a hockey game probably once in a lifetime, so make the most of it. Yeah, I bought a Stars uh, Winter Classic jersey when I was at the Cotton Bowl, and I no name on the back, and I don't think I've worn it since. It's just been sitting in my closet, but I felt compelled to buy it there, and I have no regrets. I like the jersey, but uh, anyway, Dad, we'll leave it on that note. Uh, have well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you on Christmas, but in the meantime, have fun preparing for Christmas and stay safe in the bomb cyclone. Yeah, I will, and you uh, keep warm in the frigid Winnipeg weather. To curling now. And some surprising news on Monday when Reed Carruthers and Jason Gunlickson parted ways to join forces back in April during curling's wild free agent season. Happens always at the start of a new Olympic quad, but crazier than ever this spring. After a few events, though, this fall, it was decided that it wasn't working out. Team Carruthers in a statement Monday called it a mutual parting of ways. I wanted to learn more, so I gave Reed a call yesterday to talk about the news. Well, to be honest, I can't really touch on too much more than, you know, what was said in the release. Like it's, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly working out the way we wanted. And, you know, we, we agreed mutually that it's best to part ways. And, uh, you know, now the, the remainder of the team is, is looking for, you know, replacement. It's, it's tough because, you know, we're midway through a year and guys are on teams, but you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll be able to find someone at least to finish the year out. So, is this something that had been kind of developing over the course of the first few months of the season? Uh, I I don't know about that. Like, we had a great start to the year, um, but yeah, like it's just you know we we got to a point where we had a busy stretch near the end and and decided uh, it's best to go our own way. Is it a matter of doing it before it's too late to to do this move while you you know it's there's still time to get a new third there's still time to for lack of a better term salvage the season well yeah like the seasons we're fourth or fifth on the c2s rankings which is the canadian ranking system so we're in a pretty good spot um for you know still getting to the briar as either the provincial champ or a wild card rep um so you know like we still have some big events to 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 play out the rest of the year but the thing is like the first year of of a quadrennial as far as like olympic qualification points and whatnot go is is the least important so it's more about setting us up for the future and we just agreed at this point in time that it made the most sense to to give the the best amount of time for you know both parties to to go their own way when's your next event uh, we play a Grand Slam starting January 10th. Do you think you'll have a third by then? 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that we'll find someone. It's, um, you know, the Grand Slams are only 16 teams. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'll have, there's, there's lots of great curlers in Canada that, you know, if, if I need a spare for even the first event, if I haven't secured a third for the rest of the year, uh, I'm pretty confident that I can get a player at least for that event. The fact that the player doesn't have to be from Manitoba, how much does that help? Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky question to answer that because because for each, each play down. So whether it's the Briar or the actual provincials, there's different rules based on which association is running the event. So, you know, I, I got to do some, uh, calling around to see what I'm actually uh, allowed and able to add as far as a person goes. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a tricky question and, and an interesting situation to be in, but you know, I'm pretty confident that we'll be able to to find someone for for uh, you know both both major events, which are the provincials and the Briar, and then you know we have some big cash fields left to play out the rest of the year. Is this something where you're going to be making the calls to people, or are people going to inquire with you? Hey, I'm available. Yeah, like probably a bit of both. I've I had some interesting messages come in yesterday, just as the announcement came out. I think it was a bit of a surprise to everyone. Um, so, yeah, it's I got some time here over Christmas to to meet and talk with the guys, and you know we'll make a decision and make some phone calls. You can understand why it's a surprise, though. It's December nineteenth, and people aren't expecting a a breakup during a curling season any at any point, really. Yeah, yeah, no, they're not. But it's like at the same point in time, it's it's the it's the first year, like I said, and you know if if things aren't working, you know I I think we both agreed. What's the point of of playing out the rest of the year? It's just just for the sake of doing it. So it uh, it's it's best for both parties that we did what we did. No hard feelings. No, not at all. Uh, Jason's a fantastic guy, great friend. I've been talking to him throughout this, so it's. It's uh, it's not fun. It's not fun for either of us. Um, you know, no one no one wants to see this happen. Obviously, when we put this team together, I was very much hoping that it would be a four year deal. But sometimes, you know, you, you you just don't know how those things go or how things will work. So it's just uh, unfortunately one of the things that just had to happen. Do you think that being not to call you old, but you know, you're you're a veteran curler at this point. Do you think that's given you the ability to see something like this and make that decision compared to if you'd combined forces let's say 10 years ago you may have been more tempted to ride it out well we that's the interesting thing is we did actually curl together um for three years from 20 to 23 when we were younger um and yeah you know we're we're a little bit different people now than obviously we were then uh, but yeah it's curling's a little bit more like a business now and you know what? Like, um, I, f- I feel like how we handled it, we're we're allowing ourselves to uh, come out at friends at the end of this, and there's there's no hard feelings on my end. And based off the conversations I've had with Jay, I, I think uh, you know he's probably in the same boat. It's just not not a fun situation for anyone, but I think we'll both be uh, okay through the process. Now we did see a team win the Briar with three players last year at the end. They didn't have three for the whole time at the Briar, but Team Gushu without Mark Nichols at the end did win the Briar. Could you just go it with three? Hypothetically speaking, yes. Um, you know, that's that's something that as a team, I guess we would discuss, but we were, initially we're not planning on doing that. That'd be a lot of work for Derek and Connor. <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah. 
Yeah. Does this make your Christmas break more stressful, or is this? Are you still going to be able to enjoy the holiday season? Uh, no, Chris. Like this holiday season is about family, and I'm, you know, definitely going to make sure it's about that. And these are. This is one of those things where um, we need a little bit of time to to make some decisions and some reflection, and I'll, you know, I'll have time for that, and so will the guys on my team, and. Hopefully we can uh, land someone come early January and, you know, have a good second half to our season. Do you, obviously I'm not asking for any specific name right now, but do you have any in mind? Um, yeah, there's obviously guys on the top of my head, but like I said, there's, there's some reflection time needed here before uh, we go and make that decision. All right. Well, Reid, appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for this and have a great holiday season. Look forward to seeing who you announce in the new year. All right. Thanks very much. All right. You take care. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre and post game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. <laughs>